Well, that's our new intro back, music. Yeah. Back to our regularly scheduled program. After, like, what, two episodes in a row? Of... I feel like I feel like the one before Serial was a solid episode as well. Yeah, the Marta one. So yeah, we've had. I, f- I feel like that was a solid episode. So I'm not saying that all we're always horrible, but <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we're... but we're not always great. <laughs> we're not always fantastic. Three solid episodes in a row, and here we are back to <laughs> lower your expectations. <laughs> We told you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Guinness. Um, what are you? What are you drinking this fine Wednesday night? I am drinking hot chocolate with a little with? bit of Fireball in it. Uh, <laughs> it's cold out there, dude. And I was out there for a good hour shoveling off the sidewalk, the front walk, the the porch everything well it sounds like um while you're experiencing a beautiful winter wonderland uh just so you know i haven't worn a coat in like three days because it's been 50 to 60 degrees in portland uh so sorry about that great great i hope it shoots up to 50 to 60 degrees celsius (laughs) in portland Uh, it's been it's been a fantastically dry winter for us, um, which just means we're going to burn up this summer. Like it's going to be miserable. I'm going to be so miserable. Wait, I'm not going to be here during the summer. I'm going to be in Vancouver. So speaking of Vancouver and the World Cup, there's been some chatter this past week about the United States' number one goalkeeper possibly not going, which I, for the record, think is all just like, yeah, it could happen. But it won't. I mean, it could, though. Like, it very well could. It sounds like they have some legit guidelines uh, that Hope needs to follow in order to to kind of be back on the team. Um, And honestly, it kind of sounds like they're... uh, Not only did they, like, put their foot down with this uh, suspension, but it kind of sounds like they might be taking other players' opinions into consideration. Um, Or at least that's the tone that I've been reading into, reading from a lot of the articles that have been put out. And it's going to be interesting. Middle of February, we're going to have to keep our eyes out. Uh, Who's going to go to Algarve? Does does Hope make that trip? It's going to be really, really telling. Okay, first of all, I don't think it has to be said, but I'm just going to say it. I don't have any I don't have any time for fucking DUIs. Like, I don't trifle with that shit. You're in a fucking two-ton machine. You could have killed somebody. Somebody could have been hurt. I know that wasn't hope, but she was with someone who did that and didn't say no. Or if she did, didn't, like, say no enough to, like, not get him to fucking drive the van. The thing is, is he was driving a team-rented van. And so at some point, Hope checked out the van. And at that point, you take responsibility for said vehicle and the fact that somebody who probably most definitely absolutely is not covered by the U.S. soccer insurance policy, you're letting that person drive a rented vehicle rented by the company that you work for. Like, yeah. That's a huge ass no-no, number one. Number two, to get a DUI is just stupid. Number three, I hope that the federation that the team kind of takes some measures to to provide more buffer from husbands and wives to the players while they're in camp 
just anybody who could encourage shenanigans and tomfoolery. Um, well, we are not allowed near the players, so they've done a pretty good job. So far. <laughs> I would never cause shenanigans or tomfoolery with the players. But here's the thing: <laughs> even though, like, I think all this, and it's obviously bad enough for U.S. Soccer to finally go, just call a goddamn cab. I think they have Uber in L.A. Yeah, they probably do. I still believe the odds of them actually leaving her off the roster for, you know, disrupting team unity or whatever are at, like, 5%. That's how low I think it is. Right now, I think the balance between, like, whatever disruption she causes in camp versus her value on the field, I think it's still weighted towards value on the field, especially given how much they've placed the emphasis on her value on the field. So I think that the coaches themselves have shown that they place the emphasis on the side of the scales where Hope's talent lies versus the side of the scales where her disruptions lie. I it maybe it might be balancing back towards the disruption side now, but I I still I I don't believe it. I'll I'll believe it if they like leave her off the Algarve roster. So I think it's a higher percentage than five percent. Um, I would I would bump it up to thirty five percent that she does not go to the World Cup simply because of not not the squeaky clean image, but if somebody's going to cause a disruption like that, there's going to be ripple effects, right? Yeah. What was one of the ripple effects that we saw today? Or what is something that could be interpreted as a ripple effect that we saw today? I mean, it's just speculation, but Paul Rogers left the team, it was announced Correct. today, to go be the GK coach for the Houston Dynamo. So Hope is is out uh, for her 30 days. Paul Rogers is out. Who has been making the goalkeeping decisions for the last six years? Paul, Paul Rogers. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's been the consistent coach for the last six years. You know, they've gone through Pia, they've gone through Tom, they've gone through Jill. Paul has always been there. There have been a few other consistent people too, but everybody, I seem to recall everybody saying that Paul has autonomy um, when it comes to goalkeepers and, and making those decisions. So now we're in a situation where Hope is on suspension. Paul left. Who's going to bat for Hope now? I think that's a really good point. They're, they might bring in – they're definitely going to bring in a new goalkeeper coach, but who who is that going to be, and do do they have positive experience working with Hope Solo? That's interesting because what if they bring in somebody, right, who is completely or mostly disconnected from Hope and has someone who maybe who might have more connection to Ashlyn Harris or, you know, even Alyssa Nair? Just... Right. I, I just don't know enough about goalkeeping coaches, but you, you have to assume that, like, Paul was able to get through to hope somehow for her to be so successful in the last six years. And then to have your coach, your boss, essentially your trainer, your developer leave right now uh, seems pretty critical. Like I, I thought it was huge, huge that he, he left the team. I think a lot of people are speculating that the timing of it all is linked somehow. Like maybe things are building to a head, whether he left because he didn't, like the way Hope was treated or because he Hope's behavior finally became too much for him whatever it was I, it feels right for a shakeup now I guess now that you you lay it all out like that yeah I, I I think you know okay let's say he left because oh my god guys you're being unfair to Hope Solo why would you do that and not then 
you wouldn't you're not in a position to be able to advocate for this player that you think deserves a world cup championship or deserves x y and z like you as a coach you as a mentor don't take yourself out of the game if you honestly at the bottom of your heart know that somebody is deserving or you shouldn't at least um this could also be just a general disagreement and a lot of times professional relationships end when there's a, a general disagreement. I mean, obviously my point of view is probably weighted more towards women's soccer, but when you think about it, with apologies to the Houston Dynamo, being a national team coach in a World Cup year versus being an MLS coach, you're, you're I would definitely step down. It's it's not an assignment that's so prestigious that he couldn't say no to it. At the at best it's a lateral move. I, I would say I would say it's a step down. Everything you just said. It's a fucking World Cup year. It's yeah. a World Cup year. Yeah. Like you don't walk away from a team that you've been building for six years in a World Cup year unless something big has happened. And it Paul Rogers walking away to me is indicative that something big has happened or something big is going to be announced. There, there is going to be a change, and it's going to involve a lot of individuals, I think. You know, it's going to affect a lot of people, but I, I find everything that's happening to be very leading. I don't think the next two friendlies are going to say much because they're during Hope's mandated 30-day suspension. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to be telling is Algarve. I mean, yeah. let's look at the U.S. soccer schedule, which they so helpfully released in advance this time. Like, what? Like, how much? What? Tell me more about the schedule. So, yeah, this schedule goes all the way through the middle of June, like the first three games of the World Cup for the United States. First off, we've got France, February 8th, and then England, February 13th. And then Algarve, we play Norway, Switzerland, Iceland, group stage. And then we have some more warm-up friendlies against New Zealand, Ireland, Mexico, and South Korea. All home games. All home games. Four um, home games before the World Cup. Like, so cool. The home games, they're obviously not actual warm-up games. They're more like send-off games. With respect to those countries, those aren't going to be games where we really, hopefully where we learn anything about ourselves or get really tested. I don't mind that they're there to drum up publicity for the team, though, and just send them off in style. I don't mind. I think I- it's it's a good thing. Yeah, none of those teams is like... We shouldn't expect to steamroll them exactly, but we should expect to win all four games. Yeah, because like, they're all going to be in World Cup mode as well. Well, 75% of them are. But these are all teams, like, if we don't beat them, then, you know, at the World Cup, we shouldn't have any expectations there either. Yeah, they're warm-up games in that they sh- they're probably getting the team to click into a certain main- mentality. And I guess you really shouldn't be testing yourself that hard a month before the World Cup. Right. Like, you don't want to go balls to the wall because of, oh, I don't know, we have a bit of a history of major injury before send-off matches. Yeah. So France and England, those are going to be some nice games to watch, I think, especially the France one. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think both of them are are going to be very entertaining. Um, I'm stupid excited that I can watch them on TV. That for the next six months, I don't have to look for a stream. Right. Everything will be on the TV machine. I just um, have to go to a footy bar to watch it. So France is going to be on uh, ESPN two, and then from then on, and then after that. Fox Sports 1 has all the games until the South Korea game, which is on ESPN proper. 
Not sure why they picked that one. Closer oh, to ESPN headquarters. Oh, yeah, it's the send-off game. Okay. It's the send-off game. But, yeah, Algarve will be on Fox Sports 1. Algarve. Remember when in past years people were essentially begging for donations to do some home-style broadcast from Algarve? What was it? Alban Media? Yeah, it was like a Kickstarter, but where you basically Kickstarter so that they can buy a GoPro and go down there and record. Yeah, and that all fell through. It was kind of a hot mess. But not this it was, year. It was hilarious, though. It was hilarious <laughs> to just, like, watch it. I really I really do feel bad if those individuals um, are listening to this show. But, oh my god, it was a hot mess. It was, it was not the most professional thing that has ever happened in women's soccer. Uh, Which is saying quite a bit. Yeah, it's a World Cup year, so that's probably influencing some of these broadcast decisions. And... It's probably not going to be Fox's production. They'll just get a simulcast from, um, I think, Eurovision, who are yeah. doing it. Or maybe one of the Japanese broadcasts. Probably Eurovision. Yeah. I mean, not Eurovision. Like that's Hill the... I think, Chico. I think Eurovision is the... Um, it's a reality singing competition in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, don't say it's a porn site. Don't it's, say a, it's a porn site. Eurosport, sorry. Eurosport. <laughs> um, it'll probably have Cat Whitehill and Tony DeChico doing commentary from some studio in New York or something. But what if they all are more like Eurovision, where <laughs> the teams have to compete in a song contest, and they dress like in garb that's uh, culturally appropriate for their nation? Like Miss Universe contest? <laughs> yeah. Contest? Yeah. Uh, they just go out there and parade around in their soccer uniform that is culturally appropriate. Well, not just parade around. They have to sing a song, too. Oh, my God. It would be like Pitch Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Pitch Perfect meets women's soccer meets uh, Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> well, I think we solved women's soccer's popularity problem. I think I think we just found funding for like the next 30 years. I think we just combined three things that are surefire winners, women's sports, acapella, and extravagant costumes. <laughs> Can we get fire dancing thrown in there, too? Sure. Everyone's got to have a skill. <laughs> There's a talent portion. <laughs> and it can't, it can't be juggling, Tobin. <laughs> so, yeah, I think out of all the games, the biggest ones for the United States are going to be France and England. I'm more, I'm more familiar with England's roster of late. For France, we really should have had a guest on. England. Oh, a guest on the show. I was like, guest on? What the fuck is a guest on? We really should have had a guest on. Well, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast is technically French, right? <laughs> they all are. <laughs> I think they all are. So I was just sitting there. I, like, I've been sitting here going, Gaston, Gaston. What the fuck is she talking about? Well, Kelly Smith recently gave an interview, I think, to the BBC, that where she said um, she thinks that the soccer product in England is on par with that in the United States. Which made me feel really sad. Because she, you think she's right or she's wrong? I think she's a little right, and that makes me seem really sad. Oh, I think that's a slam on England. I am totally comfortable with that. Yeah, she said that she would advise young players not to automatically leave for the United States anymore, whereas five ten years ago she would have said yes absolutely you need to go to the united states for your career but not anymore especially with the wsl and the shape it's in now yeah what uh, team does she play for in england arsenal ladies and how is their competition 
It's actually evening out, especially since Arsenal's roster got really shaken up. Man City ladies is just buying up all the shit. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, living I up to their follow. name. Yeah, there's a lot more parody in WSL now, which makes it similar, I guess, to NWSL, where there you have top teams and lower teams, but on any given day, any team can beat any other team. I guess I'm actually more interested in us versus France, though. I'm definitely more interested in the U.S. versus France than U.S. versus England, just because, I mean, granted it was a few months ago, but England got wiped by Germany uh, when they <laughs> played at... It was Wembley. Yeah, when they when they played at Wembley, they got wiped like three to nothing by Germany, which again was was months ago, and and they could have shooken stuff up. But um, I'm a little less drawn to the USA England game as much as USA France. Holy fucking Christ, France is amazing to watch. USA France, uh, if you have not watched the first game of the Olympics. Um, the 2012 Olympics, when we played France, you need to watch that shit. Uh, that is an education, and it is amazing, and I love when USA plays France. Yeah, historically, USA-France has been much more fraught than USA-England, especially recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, France is just moving on up, and um, you know they're one of the seeded teams uh, at, the, at the World Cup. They're, it's a home game for them. I hope Alex Morgan scores and shushes the crowd like she did in <laughs> Germany a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm pumped for USA-France. Yeah, this should be a decent preview because US and France are both teams in the World Cup that are expected to advance pretty far, and someone's going to have to beat someone in order to advance, whether that's someone having to beat us or someone having to beat France. We now have a six-month schedule, though. So uh, you, uh, England, France, and then we've got home friendlies starting in St. Louis uh, against New Zealand, which sounds like I love it when we play New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand always is a fun time at the very least. Like, they go hard. They're young, fast, strong. They're growing in technical ability. So... They have so much fun out there. And they like, do... they're one of those teams where you're like, man, I wish my team had fun like that. And then Ireland uh, and Mexico, both of them in California. But Mexico... Made some news this week? Yeah. Their coach, Leo Cuellar, indicated that at the very least, players won't be coming back until late July, if at all. And player decision. If I'm those players, I don't know. I think I would, if if my team says they're going to have me and they're going to play me, right? I'm coming off of World Cup form, especially if I do well in the World Cup then maybe, yes, I definitely want to return to my NWSL team. But if some of those elements are out of whack, I could you know, easily see some players searching for overseas opportunities or possibly even searching for like a job job, like work work. Well, yeah, we're, we're losing a lot of really good players in the NWSL because of a job job. Yeah, um, Courtney Jones just announced her retirement. And she even admitted in her interview making the national team roster, it was not going to happen for her. She was very realistic about it. I thought it was a pretty candid interview. I liked it. And she admitted that now she had to take an opportunity now in order to set up her future because women's soccer was not going to be a future for her. You have to respect that kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, clear-headed decision. Mm -hmm. And she follows with uh, Jasmine Reeves, who was probably one of the brightest spots for the Breakers last season in her rookie year, who was like, "I, I have to get like a grown-up job. And so she went to work for Amazon, which is definitely going to pay her better than women's soccer will. 
I guess we'll see. We can't fault Mexico at all for the Mm-mm. the situation going on with the NWSL right now. I mean, they when they started, when the NWSL started in 2013, they were a full partner. Um, or they, they at least had players on every single team. They were a partner like Canada was, or, or is. Um, or was, I guess was is appropriate since Canada isn't letting their players play for the beginning of the season. Mexico needs to develop more. Mexico needs their players to be playing. And in the NWSL, Mexican players don't necessarily play. I think three or four of them generally get decent amount of playing time. And it's it, it makes, to me, it makes perfect sense to pull your partnership in this league. This is obviously a league that U.S. soccer is driving. And I, I think being upfront and open about that is is more than welcome. I would love U.S. Soccer to be a little bit more upfront about their intentions for this league, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. I mean, does U.S. Soccer even have intentions for this league? You would you would hope so. I mean, this fucking camp that happened down in California, they called up they they called up players to be in the U23 camp, right? That players that are over the age of 23, like Keelan Winters, like uh, Sarah Sarah Applehagen, Erica Timrek, uh, a host of players got called up to practice with the U23s, and then only one, um, your girl from Boston, got to stay. Uh, with senior team, McCaffrey, which, uh, yeah. a, a, a point could be made that that was because Abby had to go to fucking Zurich uh, to sit through a FIFA parade and they needed another forward. U.S. soccer treats NWSL like a redheaded stepchild. Sorry, all you redheaded stepchildren out there. Hey, I'm not <laughs> a stepchild. I'm just a redhead. And it doesn't help when the league itself acts like it's not taking itself very seriously, at least um, marketing and communications wise. Which, that's the public face of the league, your communication. And when you don't communicate with fans or communicate that you think you're, you take yourself seriously, then what are we supposed to believe? That is what we see. So how else are we supposed to judge the league except based on its own words and actions? When, when, when you have a front office of four people, you know, it's kind of hard to, to put a lot of emphasis on trying to generate a, a fan base. But at the same time, like, Get on the same page, man. Well, like put together a program, put together a plan. Um, here, it's and... just a little, yeah, it's Go just ahead. a little side rant. FC Casey had a videographer at the NWSL draft that she just followed everyone. Ever she recorded the whole thing. She had video of Vlatko, blah 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 blah. I didn't see anything from the the league itself, and it maybe they were just like, well, we're content to let the teams handle it, but. Then it feels like a bunch of fractured city-states with no coherent, overarching leadership. It feels like NWSL, like itself as a league entity, doesn't exist, and it's just its, you know, little member nations who each have their own little fiefdom, but there's no overarching league. So I just don't see why they didn't have more of a media presence at the convention. Okay, sorry. I mean, you were there, and you've had time to reflect about it. I think I think you made a lot of good points uh, the day of the draft where you were like, why isn't anybody at least tweeting this? Like, why isn't why isn't the NWSL at least saying, hey guys, guess what? The draft is happening right now. Follow the team's accounts for up to the minute, whatever. I I, I think that there could be so much more that the league could be doing, but we have to take into account there are only four fucking people, and it just requires communication to be a priority um communication needs to be a core value 
for the league and maybe right now their core value is just keep your head above water yeah maybe um, what do we need to be doing to stay afloat and i i honestly think they could they could take some notes from your team the boston breakers in regards to uh social engagement and media relationships and stuff like that breakers media has definitely stepped up a little bit recently yeah just in the past like couple weeks NWSL should take some notes from what the breakers are doing because oh my god that that Twitter account is cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's doing a good job. Um I just want to throw out a mention there for Queen Kelly Smith who you guys have probably heard of this incident with Jeannie Bouchard at the Australian Open where some knob end after she played a match asked her to give him a twirl in her outfit something something sexism. And Kelly Smith gave an interview where she was like, if he had asked me that, I would have punched him. And Do I was, it. And Do I was like, it. that is the Kelly Smith I know and love, the one who turned to Dan Borslow and told him to shut the fuck up in the middle of a game. <laughs> Anybody who's watched Kelly Smith for any time knows that she's kind of like shy and demure and private off the field. But when she's on the field, she's a fucking little English hellion. She's amazing. Oh, and we have some other little short takes too. Sweden released their new Sweden released their World Cup kits at a like a fashion Adidas. week. Some some fashion week in Sweden. They looked okay. I liked the uh the blue jersey with the shades of blue horizontal stripes. I'm not super sure about the red accents. Um I I've only seen photos of the top. I don't know if there are photos of the full kit, but I think it's really uh, classic looking. Like, I like stripes, um, that they're not super bold. They're kind of like muted stripes on the blue kit. But the other thing I really enjoy about it is it's creative. It's not, like, it's a special kit for the World Cup. And yeah. it looks like a World Cup kit, which um, I'm not a kit collector, so I'm kind of talking out of my ass right now uh -huh. but um it, they look special and uh we've seen leaks of the usa kit uh, i'm i'm not super impressed by it no um it doesn't look like a world cup kit it actually looks like their warm-ups that they've been wearing for the past couple of years except they just go lighter actually i hope when the announcement comes they're like yeah that, those totally were the warm-ups here's the real kit I'll wait to see what they Wouldn't look like awesome? with uh, numbers and names on them. That probably will make them look a little better, but not much. And I'm, I'm not. Like... I'm not impressed yeah. by the blue faded, shaded the, World no, Cup kits. The weird blue if those gradient are in fact the World Cup. Kits. It looks like a gradient that you can find uh, in the default gradients in Photoshop. I hope Nike does better, and I hope Nike uh is doing better and that alex morgan knew what she was doing when she took that photo wearing it and was like ha, ha, gonna get everybody i like that sweden did uh the launch during fashion week you know they're tying the world cup consciousness into larger pop culture consciousness i just like integration of events like that so yeah anytime there's crossover with pop culture from women's soccer i love it Swedes, man. Yeah. They're getting their shit together. I mean, they're, this, they're lining their ducks up. This is the country that put Pia Suntaga on a stamp, so. This is the country that took Pia from us. <laughs> Granted, it's her, it's her home they country. They also gave Pia to us, so I'm not really. Shh. We took her from them. <laughs> and they 
they took her back. We did it like real Americans. We saw something we wanted and we took it. Exactly. And then for some fucked up reason, she decided to leave. Oh, wait. It's because she did all she thought she could. She had done all she thought she could. She didn't win us a World Cup. Yeah. We'll see how all this Hope Solo Paul Rogers Michigas plays out over the next month or so. Not only that, but, like, all the fucking negativity, like, we've been plenty negative about Abby Wambach, and suddenly, you know, she's gonna, the media's gonna turn in the next couple months, and it's gonna be like, oh, Abby Wambach is gonna take us to win a World Cup. Um, Christy Rampone, 40-year-old mom, blah, 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 and it's like, oh my god, I've heard these stories all before, and I I know. know how this ends. I know. That is one thing I'm not super looking forward to, it's when mainstream media turns their eye back onto women's soccer like fucking Sauron is like oh hey let's present these stories that women's soccer fans have heard a million times before but which are new to us because they're the only angle that we have because we don't want to think about women's soccer any deeper than Christy Rampone is old but still in really good shape and she has two kids how does she do it I'm actually really surprised more uh, players didn't have kids during the break, like only Lopez, uh, Stephanie Cox, and Shannon Box, and Amy Rodriguez, and wait, that was it? Yeah. Those three were the ones that had kids? Yep. And Lopez is out of the player pool now. Box um, is... Box should be, Yeah. but she was at, she was at camp. Um, A-Rod is still missing. We don't know where she went. If you've seen Amy Rodriguez, 5-4... About a buck forty, blonde hair, white female, may answer to A Rod or Amy Schilling. Please contact Jill Ellis. No, don't contact Jill Ellis. Don't tell. Color her hair brunette. Cut it really, really short. Rename and... her. <laughs> It'll be like uh, Gattaca, where she takes somebody else's identity and like has surgery on her legs to make herself taller, so that she can return to the national team. Yes. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. We're kicking off. It's the kickoff of uh, World Cup year 2015. I'm stupid excited for the World Cup. Um, I'm super excited for the NWSL uh, to someday come out with a schedule. Um, that would be fun. But we do know the season opener. Yes, we who's do know the season opener. Who's, who's your team playing during the <laughs> 2015 NWSL season Who's opener? your team playing? I asked you first. So it looks like it's going to be a little rematch for Breakers versus Portland. <laughs> what? So what are we going to bet? I don't know. Maybe something that pays out in Vancouver when we're there for the World Cup. Oh, shit. We're going to die in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, just a quick plug. I have a Category 1 stadium passport for Vancouver, BC Place, that I need to sell. Um, and I'm going to sell it at a slight discount. It's three ninety five normally, and I'll give it to you for three sixty. It's Category 1, and it's kind of center stadium, about 20-some rows back. So, yeah, hit our Twitter, at 2DrunkFans, the number 2, because we have a Twitter now. We do! We made a Twitter! Yeah. Um, yeah, just let us know if that's something that you'd be interested in. And I can do PayPal or, you know, direct bank transfer or whatever. Why Why do you have a, a ticket? Are you not going to the World Cup anymore? Uh, someone I know happens to have a Category 1 passport, but that is uh, sitting close to their group of friends. I'm friends with those people. This person I know is not one of them, but I'm friends with the person <laughs> person's friends. 
And I'd like where, to go sit where, with my friends. Where are those seats? Because I also have Category 1 tickets. I think they're okay. Um, they're not great. Um, so that's all we have for this episode wow. of Two Drunk Fans. <laughs> all right, buddy. Yeah. <clears throat> thanks, thanks a lot, dude. You're welcome, pal. Yeah, so hopefully this got back to the shit show that we all know and love and is less of a choreographed masterpiece that has been put together for the last few weeks. Yeah, we're trying um, We're trying to make some moves to the future, looking more towards the long-term future of this podcast. Um, maybe look for those in the coming months. But for now, we hope your expectations you have been lowered. We hope your expectations have been sufficiently lowered. Also, if you have any topics that you would like for us to discuss uh, over the next couple months while we wait for the damn NWSL season to start, uh, please just let us know. Um, leave a comment. We are happy to talk about it. I think one comment so far has been uh, for us to rank beers. Yeah, top five beers. That's definitely something <clears throat> we could do. Um, so we have that on the to-do list. But uh, if there's anything that you would love to know our personal opinions on, just leave us a comment, and uh, we will probably get hammered in the very near future and talk about that stuff. Good job being professional. That's what this podcast is all about, being professional. That's that's the direction we're moving towards, is more professionalism, right? That's all for this episode of Two Drunk Fans. <laughs> Bueller? Bueller? No, it's Van Hollebeck now. Ah!